Hey, if you're invested in the Las Vegas mayoral race, and really, we should all be, you're going to want to check out the Nevada Independent Mayoral Forum on Wednesday, May 15th at the Fountain Blue. The Indy CEO, John Ralston, will be moderating a live panel with the three frontrunners. You know, it could get spicy, so don't miss it. Tickets are available at thenevadaindependent.com slash events. And as a bonus for CityCast Las Vegas members, we've got two pairs of tickets we're giving away tonight. So make sure to join at membership.citycast.fm if you haven't already. You might remember some of those terrible headlines about disease and suffering and unnecessary euthanization of people's pets at the Animal Foundation over the years. Now that the city of Las Vegas has announced they're laying the groundwork for a possible takeover of the well-known LEED facility, will things change? Today on CityCast Las Vegas, we get the poop scoop on the Animal Foundation and other local shelters with Nevada Current reporter Dana Gentry. Dana's been following the Animal Foundation drama for years, and we talk about the city's big move and why it's such a struggle to find a permanent solve. It's Monday, January 8th. I'm David Figler, and here's what Las Vegas is talking about. Dana Gentry, welcome back to CityCast Las Vegas. Thank you, David. I appreciate you having me. Well, we're so glad to have you, Dana. And we keep hearing about the controversial Animal Foundation. Can you give us a summary of their biggest controversies to date? You know, the thing is, it's a multifaceted problem. You were talking about that in your intro, and I... I think that's why it has taken so long to get action on this. It's not something that can be solved in a single city council or Clark County Commission meeting. It involves the selling of animals in pet stores. It involves backyard breeders and the lack mm. of regulatory control by the governments. It involves rent problems and landlords who either prohibit animals or charge outrageous amounts to have an animal in the form of deposits and fees and pet rents. So, you know, as you know, we have a transitory population that often gets blamed, but I think it goes far beyond that. And I think if you look at other locations with, you know, similar geographic areas and similar populations, the Animal Foundation has never been properly funded. Um, San Antonio's shelter gets about b somewhere between 15 and $17 million a year in public funding alone yeah. for its shelter. And that and they have a, a similar size, even a smaller uh, intake than the local shelter. So, and how does that compare to Las Vegas? What's our funding levels? Value it's been four point seven million dollars coming from oh, wow. three jurisdictions: Clark County, Las Vegas, and North Las Vegas. So, like a quarter of a similar city size. Yes, and San Antonio is not the you know best funded by any means. I'm just using that uh, just because they have a similar intake. But, but what are the specific uh, problems that we're seeing with the Animal Foundation itself? 
Well, the Animal Foundation is insolvent right now. So that's one of the problems. Um, you know, they have some capital assets because they own the buildings on the on the campus. But, uh, you know, going back to 2006 and 2007, the Humane Society of the United States came in and issued an emergency order that resulted in about 1,000 animals being put down because of a disease that had gone through the shelter as a result of overcrowding. Wow. Those conditions haven't really changed. Last year, we had a similar situation, but nobody really knows how many animals were put down. And that's one of the problems has always been a lack of transparency, a lack of communication. Um, oh, OK. So we've got transparency issues, always a problem. We've got funding potential issues there, which are resulting in disease and putting down animals. Uh, any other specific like complaints about what's happening at the Animal Foundation worth note? Of course, the biggest ones are, you know, the for the last year and a half, the Animal Foundation has refused to accept animals on demand, and it is supposed to be functioning as an open shelter. And what that means is if you own an animal and you're moving and for whatever reason you're not taking your animal along. Or if you find an animal, maybe. Well, yeah, but there are two. So there are two different paths. If you for owned animals, if you want to relinquish one, the appointment that you have to set is six months out. Or if you find an animal and you're trying to keep it until you can get it to the shelter so that they can find the owner, uh, the wait can be a month or two months. And you know, as well as I do, most people don't, even well-meaning people don't have the capacity to hold on to a stray animal for that long. So what happens? The animal ends up being out on its own, back on the streets. So that's, you know, one of the, the that's the major pro- problem in my mind is the shelter's refusal to act as an open shelter, even though it's supposed to be. The second is they started in 2015, they started a program called Community Cats, which sounds like a great thing because rather than euthanizing cats that are on the streets, which they were doing, um, they have allowed people to feed them and have colonies that they're responsible for. Yeah. And that is pretty much valley wide with the exception of the city of Henderson, which does not participate. It's illegal to, to do that in the city of to Henderson. To have these like feral cat colonies that you're taking right. care and ha- of. Right. And mm-hmm. engage in TNR, which is called trap, neuter, and release, where mm-hmm. good meaning people, volunteers go out and trap cats, take them to get fixed. They get their ear clipped so they're identifiable and they are released back where they came from. So that works with feral cats that are used to living on their own. What Unfortunately, that program has evolved or devolved into a situation where someone calls and says, there's this beautiful stray cat on my doorstep and very friendly, wants to come in my house, lets me pet it. Can you please come get it and see if it's lost? And the Animal Foundation comes out and picks it up. And instead of checking to see if it's lost and whatever, trying to get it back to its home, it will take it and return it, maybe get it spayed or neutered, but take that same cat that, you know, could have been abandoned by someone's neighbor and returning it to the place where it was found. Those cats are not meant to be living out on the streets. Those are cats that end up competing for the resources that feral cats have. That has put a a tremendous strain, especially on the cat rescue organizations. 
Hey, it's David Figler, and one of my favorite food festivals is coming back to town. It's Vegas Unstripped over at the Palms Hotel on Saturday, May 18th. Over two dozen chefs from some of Las Vegas's most talked-about restaurants creating original, unique menu items they've never made before. Chef creativity at its best. We're talking chefs from Partage, Esther's Kitchen, Milpa, Edio, and more, including this year's James Beard Award finalist Steve Kessler from Aroma. Tickets are $150 and are all-inclusive of food and drink, so you don't have to pay for anything once you're inside. No hidden up charges. I went last year, and it was so crowded in the best possible way. We got one remarkable dish after another, and while it was a little indulgent, here's the best part. The net proceeds go to local charities. So head on over to VegasUnstripped.com to get your tickets now. We'll see you there. Dana, can you just give us a quick overview of the animal rescue ecosystem that exists in the Las Vegas Valley? Sure. There are basically three shelters. There's TAF, the, the Animal Foundation, which is you know funded by the city of Las Vegas, North Las Vegas, and Clark County. There's Henderson Shelter, which is Henderson's alone. There's also a, a shelter in Boulder City. Then there are some major players such as uh, Hearts Alive Village, which has a rescue set. You can go and adopt it at Hearts Alive Village. They also have a nonprofit, low-cost medical clinic, veterinary clinic. Uh, the, then there's the NSPCA, the Nevada Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, and that is a no-kill shelter. So Hearts Alive and NSPCA are basically the, the two big players. Then there are hundreds of rescues run by individuals who, you know, either have an army of volunteers or just kind of mom and pop organizations. And they work with the shelters to get adoptable cats and dogs out of the shelter and get them into homes. So they also- And and that's what we did in our family. We used one called A Path for Paws and got our uh, now four-year companion who we love very much. And so that's amazing. And, and so how how do these various entities all kind of work together? Well, they don't is the problem. Oh, okay. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and, you know, and the rescues have, I've written about this, the rescues have recently in the last two years, I would say, really picked up a lot of the burden for TAF as it has uh, been in a downward spiral of dysfunction. Yeah, and TAF, and again, is the Animal Foundation. The Animal Foundation, which mm-hmm. receives, as I said, $4.7 million a year. These rescues receive nothing. So it's a, a tremendous burden. The people who run these rescues end up going bankrupt because they're using all of their personal funds to keep the cats and dogs alive. They don't have the facilities to yeah. house them. The Animal Foundation... I have reported, has fudged the numbers to keep animal control. They'll report to animal control that they have more, a higher census than they actually have. And it begs the question, if they have space, why aren't they using it? Why aren't they bringing the rescues in to use the space that they have? Well, Dana, let me slow you down right there. You're you're saying that there's these accusations that the Animal Foundation is fudging their capacity numbers so that people stop bringing animals to their facility? Well, yes, David, but they're not accusations. They're facts. So the Clark County conducted an audit 
And according to the Clark County audit, on the days that TAF reported having 120 animals, they had 93 or whatever, you know, and that went on during a six month period for a lot, a lot of days, especially in December, I believe of not last year, but the year before. So yeah, that's, that's a huge problem when you're not accepting animals from the public because you want to keep your intake low. And that's because they don't have the staff to handle the animals that they do have. Yeah. So, well, I'd imagine that, you know, whether it's TAF or any of the other facilities or even some of these nonprofits that you mentioned, they're all facing challenges in our community. Uh, for whatever reason, there's just a lot of animals that need this kind of attention. Is it fair that Animal Foundation seems to have the biggest target on their back? Uh, yeah, I think it is because, you know, for a long time, what if you look at their tax return, the majority of their money is spent on administrative salaries. And I think that's necessary, but you have to have veterinarians. And so if you're spending, you know, $700,000 on administrative salaries and less than 300000 on veterinary staff, that's a problem, if, yeah. especially if you have stopped <laughs> basically providing services for the public as a result of a lack of veterinary staff, which is the case. So that's a huge problem. And the other organizations are not getting those public resources. So, um, yes, to me, the target is fairly placed on TAF. Well, let's talk about their leadership. I mean, the executive director of the Animal Foundation is Hillary Gray. She only took over in 2022. So what changes did she make? And I guess the follow-up to that's going to be, why haven't they made some of the old criticisms go away? Well, Hillary Gray is a public relations person. As you know, she was Dina Titus, Congresswoman Dina Titus's public relations person. She was a public relations person for Allegiant Air. She has no experience running a shelter. And the COO who she hired last year, a man named James Pumphrey, uh, gave her a report saying, here are the things we need to do. And instead of doing those things, she fired him. So what what were some of the big items on that list? Well, they were spending $30,000 a month transporting kittens, neonatal, you know, premature neonatal kittens to a an emergency vet clinic every day to have them fed because they don't have someone there 24 hours a day to bottle feed these kittens. All you have to do is put a staff person or two in at a much less cost than $30,000 a month to feed these kittens. Plus the kittens weren't gaining any weight because it's, you know, there, there's a lot of stress involved in being transported every day and every night. So uh, they just have not done things that would be financially feasible and also help save lives. Uh, Hillary Gray's responsible for closing admissions to the public and requiring these appointments. That's never been done in the history of the facility before. Requiring appointments for people to drop off those animals there. Yeah. Either yeah. the animals they own and need to rehome or animals they find. Yeah. I mean, she she definitely is getting a lot of heat. Maybe some of these are new problems, but those old problems, did, did she help some of those go away? No. You know, the thing is the intake is lower today and the last few years than it's been in other years. So she, you really can't, she blames it on a national problem 
resulting from the pandemic and, you know, people bringing their, a lot of people went and adopted pets, as you know, David, during the pandemic because they were home and had nothing to do and thought this is a, a great time to get a companion, which is wonderful. But unfortunately, when some people went back to work, they decided they could no longer keep those pets. So yes, it's created a burden, but she has blamed that. And if you look at intake numbers, they are not at any, they are not at a peak right now. They are lower than they have been in previous years when the Animal Foundation was able to accept animals on demand. So so from, from where you stand, uh, it is a true and credible claim, but probably not as, not as much of an answer as, I don't know, the community demands. <laughs> is that yeah, fair? you know, and the other thing is, David, they're just not, they don't talk about it. They will talk with certain people. But I, I went to a news conference that was being held at TAF a year ago in September when they had a plea for people to come in and take animals. And they wouldn't let me in the news conference. They had a security guard at the door who kept me out. I was only able to get in when a lawmaker showed up and I, you know, like went, held onto his coat and walked in behind him. So they have so never transparency answered. resistant. Is that your, your uh, assertion? Yeah. And you know, one of the things, one of the things they, they have set up three committees as a result of this uh, new program that the city approved yesterday. And one is focused on communications. The others are on operations and finances. So the, another problem though, is that the communication, none of the <laughs> committees they set up have any members of the public or any rescues or anything like that on it. Who's so, on those committees? I don't know. That's a good question. It's going to be people from the governments, I'm sure, and from the Animal Foundation. Okay, so that's still to be determined because the, the city did recently make some moves. I'm wondering what your take is on the recent news that the city and, and I guess the county too are going to get a lot more involved in how not only TAF runs now, but the future being opened up to someone else doing that job. Um, to be honest with you, I'm totally shocked uh, that anything has happened because I expected nothing to happen. Usually it's just business as usual where animals are concerned because, as you know, they can't hire the best lobbyists. So they usually get short shrift. I'm completely surprised, but I don't think that we will ever see any of the local governments, with the exception of Henderson and Boulder City, running their own shelter. That just does not seem feasible. I can see... NSPCA or Hearts Alive, an organization like that, maybe responding to the RFP, the request for proposal that will be put out for other operators, um, especially now that the budget is going to be augmented, almost doubled from 4.7 million to 9 million something. So uh, that makes it a lot more attractive to these organizations that previously had no interest in going in there. And and this money is coming from those municipalities that you mentioned. So it's not just the city, although they seem to be the most vocal, but it looks like the county and you're saying North Las Vegas are also involved in the increased funding, but also with strings increased oversight? Yes. And, and the most obvious one is the requirement that the shelter operate as an open shelter and take animals that are lost and stray immediately. And as far as owner owned animals, they will be handled through a call center because a lot of people are in financial straits and are giving up their animals because they don't have the money to keep them. So yeah. by reaching out to a call center first, maybe the call center can provide 
you know, some sort of assets in the form of food or medical care or uh, those kinds of things um, and access to those services that the people were not aware of that would allow them to keep their animals and alleviate the, the crisis as well the overcrowding crisis that supposedly exists at the shelter. So I, I yeah. think that's a good thing too. Um, but, you know, if the city, the county and North Las Vegas are all chipping in $15 million to buy the buildings. And so um, the city is going to own them, but the county and North Las Vegas are chipping in so that they will have use of them till like 2053 sometime around then. So, and then the, the operator will lease from the city. Now, I, I think that's as far as the governments will go as far as their involvement. I don't see the day that we ever have Clark County running an animal shelter or the city of Las Vegas or North Las Vegas running the animal shelter. But these yeah. are really, you know, important improvements right now. There's no consistency in the agreements that the municipalities have with TAF, and this will correct that. And it will provide the funding for them to uh, provide the care that they need through the end of their contract, at least, and then uh, make it far more attractive for any other providers to come in. So I think it's a great thing. I, I mean, it's better than where we're at now. It can't get worse is the way I see it. All right. Well, the TAF contract providing these services uh, ends in mid-2025. The Do all these developments, Dana, does this mean the end of the Animal Foundation, period? You know, I don't know that the answer to that. And, and, and I think one of the things that I've been asking about is what's going to be done with that $15 million that the Animal Foundation is going to receive from the municipalities for the buildings. Will that money be put into salaries? Will it be put into services? I think the answer to that question might help determine the future of the Animal Foundation, or at least whether they would be successful in competing for the contract again. Dana Gentry, thank you for coming back and explaining all this to us here on CityCast Las Vegas. Always a pleasure, David. Thanks. And that's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. Are you an animal lover? We really want to know what you thought about today's episode. Drop us a comment on the socials at CityCast Vegas or even a voice message at 702-514-0719. And if you enjoyed the show, hey, go tell a friend, a cat-loving friend, a dog-loving friend, a pot-bellied pig-loving friend. There's plenty of room for everyone. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Till then, stay lucky. I texted Jan Jones yesterday, the, the former, former mayor, mayor of Las, Las Vegas. Vegas and mm-hmm. uh, a member of the board of directors of the Animal Foundation and asked her what's going to happen with that money. But I've not heard back from her yet. So she's the only one who talks to me. So we'll see. <laughs>